Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me on my Elevate podcast. So in addition to the awesome interviews, a few times a week, I come on here just to share some quick thoughts and tips I think will really help you in a practical way, either your business, your mindset, or even your health. So while you're waiting for your Starbucks or picking up the kids or maybe just brushing your teeth, these are good quick hits to help you get on your way. All right. Hi, everybody. Back today. And today I want to talk about why asking questions, not hardcore selling, gets more business done and deals accomplished. So what does this mean? Nobody, and I mean nobody, likes to get sold and nobody likes to feel pressured. So as I'm talking this through, this image comes to my mind, and that is I love Mexico. So I love to go down to Mexico. It's one of my favorite places. But the only thing I don't like, and it lasts very a very short period of time, is when you land in Mexico, particularly in Cabo, for those of you who have been to Cabo, and you get off the airplane and you're going out to where you're either picking up your car, you know, your cab or your driver, whatever you're doing, there is this section where there are all these salespeople coming at you. And by the way, Mexican salespeople are the best salespeople on the planet. They are so good. They're funny. I do see the humor in it, but they are good and they close people. So you're like, we call it running the gauntlet. You're going through it. And people are like, you need this, what is this? Can I get that? And they're just coming in at you. And honestly, I, I it gets, they should have like a tequila stand right before it because I would do a shot and then run the gauntlet. But it's the one part of Mexico I don't like because I hate being sold. I hate it. I hate it more than most people. And I don't think that I'm the exception. I think most people don't like to feel pressured and they don't like to see sold, be sold. So on the flip side, most people like to have someone help them get what they want. If I go into a room or um, a business meeting or a happy hour and I go, guys, I'm trying to find whatever. And somebody goes, oh, I can help you get that. Boom. My life is easier. I love it. I'm like, oh, really? Right on. It is such a win for me. So think about that. Here's an example. Have you ever been to a restaurant where you actually kind of know what you want, but you have a couple quick questions? So like for me, it's usually something like this. Hey, can you make this dish gluten-free or can I substitute this for that? Or can you make this a certain way? But instead of asking me if I have any questions first and without asking if I want to hear about what they're about to tell me, the waiter sometimes starts in on their very own special little spiel about how great the oysters are that they flew in this day and all the specials around it and how the chef has specially prepared it, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Without asking me anything, they just go for the sale. Um, turns out I hate oysters. Like I hate them. I think they're gross. And now I'm just sort of annoyed, like not in a, like, I want to get up and leave because I'm not that easily triggered, but I'm like, man, I don't, I don't care about the oysters, dude. I, I want to ask you these other questions. And so right then at the very beginning of this relationship I have with this waiter, there's a disconnect. I know I'm not interested in buying the oysters. And now the waiter who's okay and probably did a great job has sort of slipped a bit in my mind, right? Instead of just coming in and asking me like, hey, you guys are here. Before we get started, do you have any questions? Is there anything I can help you with? And then they nailed the rock star questions like, oh yeah, we can do this, this, and this. And then ask, hey, does anybody here like oysters? To which I would have been like, no. And they'd be like, ah, forget it, right? They build rapport. They're with it. We're on this journey together. Like we're in. That is a very different experience. Now, this waiter, he or she might be a rock star either way, no matter how they did it, but because they didn't take the time to find out what I wanted and instead just went in for that special product like selling mode, they've lost me. And that experience has changed. Now, I'm a pretty good tipper, so I wouldn't be that bad, but I can tell you 
people have reactions. And if you hit it off and you have a great rapport, that's the difference between getting the big tip and the little tip. This happens, I know this is kind of a cheesy example, but this happens in real estate every single day. It happens on the traditional sales side and it happens on the investing side. Traditional agents often go into appointments, sales appointments in particular, all barrels blazing, and they just jump right in and tell the client why they are the best, the agent, not the client. The agent is the best. They can sell the fastest. They can get the highest price. How many homes they sold? How long they've been in the business? Blah. Have you seen my feature in this magazine? Blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you right now, most people don't give a shit, and a lot of them are turned off because you know what? That agent has made that situation all about them. Maybe that seller wants it to be easy, or maybe they want it to be flexible, or maybe they'd really like to figure out how to make their money work for them on this deal, or maybe they're just really scared. Maybe they haven't sold a home in 30 years, and they've been hearing horror stories, and they're really nervous. Like, there's a lot of different things that people are experiencing when they're dealing what is usually with what is usually the biggest, largest asset that they own, right? This is a BFD. They don't want to hear about you. They want to talk about what they want. By asking questions, you turn from being just another person to try to get their business into an advisor that's going to help them get what they really want. And actually, doesn't that just feel better for everyone? Like, I don't know about you, but I feel better when I bring value to the conversation and when I'm listening and when I'm treating that human like a human and not just going in for the kill and the sell. And believe it or not, people, even if they're not sensitive or quote unquote intuitive, they can pick up on that. They can smell it. They know what you're there for. Secondly, it separates you from the pack. Everybody else is selling. Why would you want to do what everybody else is doing? If you can go in and be an advisor and help answer questions and get people what they want, that person's going to speak so much more highly of you to the next person. And when they go to lunch with their friend, they're like, wow, I just had a re- I had three people in and this one guy or girl was so different. They asked all these questions. Like make yourself different and make yourself more val- valuable. On the investing side, there are a ton of ways to create win-wins and get the seller what they really want, which oftentimes doesn't have to do just with price. There's timing and cash flow and ease and certainty and convenience. And this is why the iBuyers did so well and continue to do so well with some sellers, right? They provide those things. And even in the early days when the iBuyers had pretty hefty fees, right? Now it's a little different and their pricing is a little more competitive, but even they made a killing because they realized that there were a lot of sellers that were willing to quote unquote pay to have these needs met. Agents missed the boat on that, right? So as an investor and as a traditional agent, we can fill that role as many as well as many others. Here are some of my favorite questions that I like to ask. The first is some variation of this. If I were to wave my magic wand, what would this whole selling of this property look like for you? I ask the question and then I just shut up. Now, you might get some blank stares because nobody's actually asked them that. They've just been talking at them. So you might have to prompt them a little bit. You might, if they're like, I I don't know, what do you mean? Like, is it like a certain timing? Are there some logistics issues? I see that you've got three kids under five. Like, what does that look like? You know, like what, if this could just be perfect, what would that look like for you? And then they'll be like, oh, like I actually get some say in all this, right? They'll give you some clues about the things that would be really preferable to them and you can help solve those problems. You might have to ask some follow-up questions and kind of lead them down the path around certainty and ease and timing and logistics. But most people, when they're asked, actually have some pretty strong feelings about it. They just need a little prompting. 
The second question that I ask kind of goes the other way. So there's two types of people, people who run towards what they want and a good amount of people who are like to run away with what is scary or what feels bad, right? And we forget, again, being in the business, that this is a big effing deal for most people. It's a big asset, right? It's a lot of money. It's their home. It's personal. And even if it's not, if it's investment property, it might have been their mothers or their grandmothers or their great uncles or who knows what. So the second question is more about, is there anything about selling this that makes you nervous or that you're concerned about? Is there anything that's giving you a little heartburn? Again, shut up. People have a lot of things around real estate that make them nervous and give them heartburn. They might have been burned. They might have had a bad experience. Their sister, brother, neighbor, aunt might have just gone through something really horrific. They might have heard horror stories like, I have to be out of the house every day, all day long. Um, what do I have to do? I don't want to fix anything. I'm terrified they're going to be, oh my gosh, there's this leak thing and I know people are going to find it and they're going to be upset and I don't have the money to fix it. Like There are so many things that people are worried about if you give them the space and the safe place. Like like That's the other key to this, like a, a trusting, safe environment to tell you what they're worried about. Can you take those things they're worried about and craft a solution of how you do this transaction so they feel great about it? If you can nail one of those things that they are worried about that all the other people talking to them didn't even bother to ask about, you're in. This is your person and you're going to help them and you're in because you're leading with value and you're doing what's right and you will be able to craft a win-win. The third question I like to ask is, how could I make this easy for you? Right? How can I make this easy for you? They might have already touched on that from number one and number two, but sometimes there's just something like, oh, you know, it'd be so nice. And a lot of times this comes around furnishings in the house, logistics, the beat up car in the yard that for some reason they don't know what to do with. Like you guys do know you can like wrap cars and things into transactions, right? Like real estate can be really interesting when you get there. But sometimes it's just as simple as like, I can't move all this stuff. Do you know any, like, what do I do with this? Like, again, add value. That little thing that might cost you a small amount of money or a couple of phone calls or a little bit of time might be the difference for that person in a huge win-win or like a, yeah, I don't want to do this. So open your ears and ask the questions. Number four, this question and other questions like it, um, this is just one of the examples, the ones I used, is really to help position you as somebody who's bringing value, even if you don't do this deal with them, right? This changes again, the environment from like, hey, I'm here to sell myself to I'm here to give some value to you. If this all works out for us, like we'll do something. And if we're not, that's cool too. So one of the things I ask is, <clears throat> how long have you owned the property and has it been your primary residence? Why am I asking that question? Those two questions actually open up a lot of areas where you can um, point them in the right direction and put like raise a little flag as it pertains to taxes. And the one thing that everybody on the planet for the most part can agree on, even though humans can't agree on anything, is nobody wants to pay a shit ton of taxes. So you have identified something that most people really, really care about, even if they hadn't even thought about it. And you're like, hey, I know you may or may not have thought about this, but this is kind of a big deal. Like, how long have you owned this? Whatever. By asking that question, you do not need to be a tax attorney or a tax specialist or a CPA. In fact, you shouldn't be, right? You're a real estate advisor. But what you've done is you've raised the question and you can red flag it and go, you know, 
you've said that this was your primary residence, but you've only been here a little over a year. Did you realize that if you were to be here a bit longer, the gain on this property, you don't pay taxes on? What? Yeah, could be a BFD, right? Like this is real money. And they're like, oh my gosh. You do not tell them what they need to do for taxes. You say, why don't you give your CPA a call? Give them a call and we'll talk about that. Well, shoot, I still really need to get out of this house and I really need some money. Well, how much money do you need? Okay, this is, now I'm going to go down a rabbit hole, but I'll just paint a picture. I need $10,000. We're going to go do X, Y, or Z. My kid needs this. I've got an operation, whatever. I need it now, but I really don't want to pay the taxes. Okay, is there a way to give them hard earnest money now? Give them the ten thousand. You're going to close on it as an investor, but change the closing date to later. Or is there a way to do this deal with Creative Finance? There are so many ways you can solve that problem and get them what they want. You will be a freaking hero. And not only that, you'll craft a win-win so they get what they want. You might end up getting a great investment property, but that person will tell everybody about you. They're going to be like, "Oh my gosh, this this." guy or girl saved me so much money and they figured out a solution. Like it's the best advertising on the planet. So questions like that about the taxes, you know, knowing if maybe they need to do a 1031 or something, those types of things, even if there is no problem, even if they're like, oh yeah, I already talked to my CPA about that. I'm good. The fact that you asked shows them that you're looking out for them and you're there to add value. Okay. Last question. It's not really my last question, but these are my top five that I like to ask. What are you going to do with your money once you sell this? Okay, I don't ask it like that because that's kind of weird. That's like poor form. But I take that question and depending on the personality of who I'm talking to, I make it fun. So if they're super, super conservative and very uptight, there's certain cultures that you would never ask that question. I don't, right? But for most people, there's a way to ask it that's not intrusive. Like, wow, you know, kind of talking about what we're talking about, you're going to get a pretty good chunk of change here. Like, what are you going to do? Like, take a big fat vacation or like buy a boat and travel the world? Like, are you going to retire? Like, ha ha, like kind of make it fun, right? This is a really interesting question. The reason I ask it, particularly as an investor, is because a lot of people don't know especially in a market like today that's really hot. They just know the market's going up and up and up. And some of them, especially if they were older and they survived the housing crash, they're like, I, I want out. Like, I want to take the chips off the table, cash out. I do. I don't like this. It's getting weird, right? But they don't really know what they're going to do with their money. So why would that be a good question to ask? You can parlay that, particularly as an investor, into, well, would you be interested in ways where you can take that money and start making money on it? What would that look like? Maybe if this property is free and clear, you turn around and go, hey, instead of being the owner, we want to be the bank. Like what if um, instead of you just taking that money and putting in your mattress, I could pay you six, eight, 10, whatever percent. Maybe we'll do a seller finance. Or do you want to be in real estate? Yeah, I've always wanted to be in real estate investing, but I just don't have the time. I don't understand it. You know, I do different deals. And Sometimes I use what's called private money and my people have the opportunity to put money into real estate transactions and they just get paid mailbox money. I just send them a check every month. They're making interest on their money, but they don't have to do any of the work. Really? Yeah. And you're secured, right? If I get hit by a bus or something, like your interest is tied to that property. There are so many ways that we as real estate professionals can help people make money that these people, and by the way, some of even their financial planners don't know exist. And they're not complicated and they're not weird. They're super simple strategies that are like the basis of real estate that 
because these people, these sellers are not in the industry, would never be on the radar. So that is why I asked that last question, because sometimes it opens up a different way to structure the transaction, or it creates a relationship for other transactions down the road where that seller might become a partner for you. They might become one of your investors. It's really cool how that works. So there's a ton more questions, but this is some of my favorites, and it gives you a flavor for how I like to approach these conversations and position myself from an advisor, a solutions person, a person looking for the win-win, a person trying to figure out how to make this good for everybody, than just a slimy salesperson or creepy investor, right? A lot of people hear the word real estate investor in today's market and they think snake. This person's stealing this property from me. And I hate to say it because there are people that are doing that. So you have to change that dynamic and really lead with value. Next time you're doing this, Next time you're talking to a potential client, a friend, a neighbor thinks about selling it, ask questions. I promise you it will change the tone of the conversation at a minimum, and it will be great. they will be grateful that you're trying to help them get what they really want. And who knows, if there's a match for what they're trying to get and what you want, then win-win. And if not, you can point them to that person that can get them what they want. Again, you always hear me beating the drum about collaboration and connecting with people, but by connecting them to the right person that can get them what they want, you win that way because you're doing the right thing. So ask more questions, do less selling, be a person that gets people what they want. By doing that, you serve more and ultimately you get more of what you want to. I'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for joining me on my Elevate Quick Thoughts. If this spoke to you, I would be so grateful for you to give me a quick review and even better if you would share it with a friend. I'm here three times a week, so I look forward to catching up with you on the next one. See you soon.